This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This week in League, Paul Vaughan lands at his next party, this time serving up HSPs instead of BBQ. CTE issues at the Roosters now extending to recruitment staff as they look to Dale Copley and Josh Dugan as acquisition targets. West Tigers fans hoping Noffa rushes up a bit further than Jimmy the Jet did in hotel quarantine. Plus, we look ahead to all the action for round 20 of the 2021 NRL season. All right, more this week in league. Welcome to episode 420 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Jay. And I'm Glenn. And you didn't do the... Yeah, I did. It's always there. This week, there. I mean, this week you did that. <laughs> 420 episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's like that uncle that touched inappropriately. It's always there. Even when you think it's not there, it's always there. Yeah. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't. I like like with 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 Toowoomba internet, you know, being how it is, you shouldn't just you know naturally assume it shouldn't be your first. It shouldn't be your first course of action with these sorts of things. Now, how are you doing, fellas? Great. It's good. Excellent. Hey, um, I tell you, I got an insight into your life over the last two or three days, Glenny. <laughs> the Olympics are on at the moment, fucking, right? This would be fucking good. So. So watch, I've been watching... Yeah, Hang on, just certain... pause, just pause. I don't give a fuck what you say, but Jay's anticipation and his face is fucking worth it. I don't care. It can be your worst ever sledge of me ever and just his little face. Oh, I love it. This is not a sledge at all. This is I just, can tell this it is, is because I, can, no, I know no, the look on your no, fucking face. No, no it, this is just a factual anecdote. Extremely dull and boring, but just factual. And I forgot to tell you earlier, but yeah, watching uh, events in the Olympics, we're watching watching the the basketball and things like that, and via the the um this Channel Seven app on on Apple TV, right? And yeah, they give you with the with the the, uh, the Channel Seven app. You know, you can choose from like you, it's all segmented into different Olympic sports and everything, and you can sort of pick on pick and choose what you want to watch um, when anything's on. But for whatever reason. My internet, MBN, IP addresses, resolve, and I've, I've and I found this happened to me when I've browsed Google on my phone from home and all this sort of thing. But they resolve to Toowoomba, right? Like if I if I get on Google on my phone or like on my home Wi-Fi, it'll it'll say, "Oh, you're in you're, you're in Toowoomba." You know, that's that's what your location is. Because that's where you so, are, Nathan. You're always in my heart. In yeah. Toowoomba. So, anyways, <laughs> so. Every time there's a fucking commercial break <laughs> on this Channel Seven app, oh, watching fuck. the Olympics, it's like Super Rooster and, <laughs> and like local Armstrong. Tool. It's it's all the most localist Toowoomba <laughs> shit. 
Oh. <laughs> you've ever seen on the ads. There's oh. like not a national. There's not a national business among them. It's just oh, all down to Glenn's like, jerseys and mess. It's like this guy said. It, this guy, you crystal know, pipes and tiger stripes. <laughs> prices are crazy. It's so all we. It's like this guy. You know, if you want to buy a tractor, fucking good. Yeah, <laughs> that's all it is. Oh, and and, and so you get a dick in your ass, a buckshot in your ass. I don't know. And I, Fuck around and, and find shout out. out. <laughs> shout out to Super Rooster. I always look at the ads and I'm like, Fuck yeah, I can go. Oh, fuck, it's up there. It's a fucking it's Super Rooster is a fucking Toowoomba icon. Yeah. What, what is it? What's it comparable to? <laughs> Red Rooster. Red Rooster. <laughs> it, Aussie Rooster. Is it ready? Or, or are people in Toowoomba getting excited about like a $6 rotisserie chicken the rest of us get from a supermarket? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Super stuff. Yeah, that it's was fucking, that was icon. far less fucking yeah entertaining than I thought. Yeah, I, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't trying to sleep. I was just. I just forgot to tell you earlier, and it just uh, it just struck me then. It does. I oh, had a um. You, you, you had a really Toowoomba looking look on your face then, and I thought, oh, that's right. I was, yeah. yeah, I was wondering about how you were gonna weave in a tale about a gymnastics coach into that. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna. I, I was gonna talk about a you know a commercial for you know some guy that runs these coaching sem- seminars for the next Broncos <laughs> yeah. halfback. Then it looks suspiciously like you, Glenny. But ironically, um, <laughs> I did have. I did have uh, contacts from uh, local advertising. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, advertising people saying you know they can get us uh, a good deal to advertise on TV, and I, I wasn't really interested until you just told me that story. Now I want to do it. Now I want to shoot an ad and just go. Yeah, we fucking go through the whole thing, and right at the end, just go. Nate's a cunt. <laughs> fucking <laughs> just so you get it. Yeah, good. Well, look, look, I mean, yeah, the Olympics have got what, another week and a half to run or whatever. So, yeah, fuck it, another week at least. So, so, so yeah, I probably would. Yeah, good. As long as the boomers stay in that is That I'm is probably quite fucking weird, but anyway. It is weird. It is. And this is the first time it's manifested in things that have massively negatively impacted my life. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, look, news this week, fellas. Is there anything in particular you want to talk about? I think the first thing on my list that I have here is... Uh, the James Roberts situation. Mm. Now, James Roberts is uh, currently in uh, quarantine in a in a Gold Coast hotel, and um, because he was a, a, a close, well, he's training sort of himself, isn't he? Because he's he he needs to quarantine separately because he was a close contact of someone. Uh, at a COVID-19 exposure site in Sydney. So he couldn't travel up here with his teammates, and so he sort of has to serve out a little bit of time himself. Uh, he was then photographed on the balcony. Well, I've seen a couple of photographs, actually. One where he's uh, clothed, one where he's pretty much not. And um, in breach of the, the directive that the NRL, well, the Queensland government brought down on the NRL to say, due to the breaches by Jai Arrow and the one, the, the photograph that we've seen of the, of the players families passing a, a thing of milk between each other, uh, between balconies. Mm. They've said, okay, you can't be trusted to follow simple fucking directives of not yeah, fucking qu- contacting each other. Yeah. Quar- you're not, not, quarantine, not quarantine means isolate. Yeah. 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 And so, so therefore you, you, you've lost your balcony privileges and James Roberts is, uh, has has then further breached that. at that time they sort of said one I think the Uppies I can't remember if it's the Uppie one or the Jairo one but they're like listen one more 
breach of the very you know easy rules that we've given you. They're very easy to understand rules. I mean, they suck. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong, it fucking sucks. But but easy to understand rules, easy to abide by rules. Uh, one more breach of that, and we could kick the you know we could shut this NRL shit down. Yep. And uh, despite that, James Roberts is, uh, has apparently, it looks like at least twice that we've seen, uh, breached over the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. And as a result, it's a bit of a furor. Um, he, he's issued with a breach notice uh, earlier today and uh, for failing to comply with the rules. And he's going to be fined $7,500 and suspended for one match, which commences when he's eligible for selection, which must be, must be close, yeah, what, maybe another week. He would have been bubbled and then like this round and then maybe sometime through next week he'd be out. So I guess he's got another one. And he has to complete an education and training program. And uh, the reason why he had less of a less of a suspension or uh, than, than some of the other ones that we've seen recently, uh, they've taken into account the difficulties had he's had in coping with quarantine and they've provided him with additional well-being support. Comments, fellas. There's a lot to unpack it. Obviously, you've got the the storied history of James Roberts in terms of uh, being being a player that struggled with his mental health and had that spill over into his stays at almost every club he's been at in his career, yeah, um, as well as the rest of it. So, look, let me start off by saying that that mental health is a serious issue, and it is a systemic problem. In our society, it is underfunded, it is undertreated, there are still stigmas around it, and and causes untold misery in untold millions of lives. You know? Um, my issues here, and fuck, there, there are so many angles to this. He, he has made the decision to open his door and walk out onto the balcony. He has made that decision. It seems to me that Queensland Health made it stringent enough. The reports were the people quarantining were told to tape over the door handles and send photographs as proof. Yep. Yeah? And that must have been really just a matter of so the excuse of, oh, the kids went and... Yeah. You know, when I turn my back. Or, you know, it, it's also, well, if you're going to behave like children, we will treat you like mm. fucking children. You know, show us that you've done it. Now, I, I don't know James Roberts' mental health situation. Uh, however, if it is as poor or in such a poor state that he is unable to train physically and then to be in a hotel room by himself. Now, I've stayed in a lot of hotel rooms and, you know, some of them can be small and and a little bit claustrophobic. If his mental health is of that poor a state that, that he can't train and sit in a hotel room without then running out onto the balcony, then I'm, I'm not sure why he's been flown up to be part of a, a professional sports team. You know? Yeah. Um, and I feel that playing the mental health card here, again, with, with no absolute knowledge of it, 
could 100% be wrong. But it almost seems like it cheapens the the actual suffering of mental health um, to just blame such a selfish decision on our mental health. Yeah, it seems... Um, you know? Just to, to absolve yourself of all responsibility for for not being able to follow a simple directive. Um, does, does he have people he can call? Does he have a, a professional, a, a therapist, a doctor, somebody within the club? You know? Um, yeah. The answer to that is yes. Knows, the club employs people that are mm. specifically there to assist the players. I call them the polo shirt wearers. Mm-hmm. Um, and whilst they are not, I'm not saying that the club or any club employs people specifically to cater to the players' uh, individual mental health needs. There are people amongst the club that are there to help make the players' lives that little bit easier, right? So if yep. he was struggling for someone to talk to, the answer is yes, there would be someone within that club, um, be it his coach, being his teammates, um, or any number of the coaching staff that he interacts with on a daily basis over the course of his time at the Tigers that he could have reached out to if, indeed, he was in that much of a state that he thought his only option was to break a fairly easy, simple-to-follow rule. The other thing is it's happened twice. Yeah. You know, there's, there's the photo of him in his undies. Yeah. Then there's the photo of him, you know, looks to be in in normal casual clothes, not so something one, in training. Just wandering around up there, just like on his phone. Mm. Yeah, that's it. So, um, I, I find it really frustrating um, as someone, and and I've been pretty open and and about my own struggles with mental health, and I've confided in both of you at at certain times as to some of the things I've dealt with 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 my own personal struggles. And I must admit, I've been in some serious, and, and I'm not comparing my individual situation with anyone else, including James Roberts. Are, are, are we about to get it? That's how I did mine on <laughs> mental health. No, no, certainly not. <laughs> my point is it doesn't absolve you of your responsibilities. And it's far too convenient to say, or to, as you put it, play the mental health card. When so many of the a professional, certainly a rugby league player's day-to-day responsibilities are already absolved by the, their very choice of profession, you know, and, and overridden with the privilege that comes with being a very highly paid professional athlete playing a game that they love. And mm. there are times where certain things are expected of the players or any athlete that as you put it, Nate, may suck and may be um, something that they're not really keen on doing. And whether that's a media commitment, if you're not big on media, or whether that's, you know, a community engagement that you're not real keen on, you don't, you know, you're not great socially or whatever. But that's part of your responsibility as as part of the you know, what you undertake as, as your contract or as part of being a part of a professional yeah. sporting organisation. Um, can, I, can I just put something to you? Just as a, a bit of context about, you know, players having to do things that suck. There's a situation with friends of ours at the moment where 
the lady has had massive heart problems and has had to be rushed from North Queensland to Brisbane for heart surgery mm. because the surgery was too big to be performed in any hospital in North Queensland. Um, because as everybody knows, doctors up there are all fuckwits. But flown to Brisbane. They're only used to operating on things like livestock. And bobcat. And bobcat. And bobcat. Fuck me dead. Um, uh, her partner works on oil rigs. Yeah. He is being forced to quarantine for two weeks. So emergency happened, flown to Brisbane. He's now getting transferred to Brisbane from his oil rig, you know, off the fucking coast somewhere and still has to quarantine for 14 days. Mm -hmm. If he steps out of his hotel room, do you know what they say? Cool. We're we're back to day one now. Look at the clock resets. That's it. And the day you, you know, then the day you arrive in the hotel oh, doesn't count as a day either. It's the first yeah. full days. That's it. Oh yeah. my, my my partner's in for fucking, you know, a, a quadruple heart operation, and and I want to be by her side. Yeah, no, nah, sorry, can't. Mm. How do you think yeah. his mental health is? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of the point that I was getting you know? to. Is this whole COVID situation? Um, people are are being forced, um, to, you know, to not be able to work. Um, you know, their, their incomes and their family lives are being um, severely affected. That's the sort of stuff that sucks, not not being able to go onto a balcony, you know, um, yeah. and having to isolate for a, a period of time so you either can go back and resume playing, albeit um, inconsistently and, and predominantly poorly, uh, for an NRL team is a fairly privileged position to be in. I'm not saying it's easy, but it is most certainly privileged. Hmm. And it just, it fucking really frustrates the hell out of me that the mental health card is played when people are losing their jobs and people's family lives are being, you know, torn apart because people can't make ends meet. That's the stuff that sucks, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. And they have to follow rules. Why? Why shouldn't... You know, as you say, your friend, you know, that guy has to follow rules. He's got a hundred different reasons to say fuck the rules. Mm. And he's trying to find a way, yeah. Yeah. But he's following the fucking rules because that's how society should work. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yeah. On and another note. Well, this this following news rural shit as well. I mean, I'm seeing a lot out of like, you know, Sydney based people as well, especially complaining. Um, and the and the and the angle they're complaining about is it's you know it's fucking terrible that people can't go onto fucking balconies. Yeah, but they had the privilege to go on balconies and they lost it because they fucking acted like morons and did what they weren't fucking supposed yeah. to do. Mm. And, and then that extrapolate that all around Sydney with fucking Bondi people not doing what they're supposed to do and they're fucking mm -hmm. you know southwestern you know Sydney people not doing what they're supposed to do. And now look at you, you're in a fucking lockdown. With LGA's locked proper down, where you can't yeah. leave fucking anywhere for an indeterminate period of time, that's at least another month for you, because people couldn't follow simple fucking rules. I mean, and here's this thing: everyone talking about, oh, what about his freedoms? What you know, you, oh, he, he, he's not an animal; you can't lock him up. But do you know what he has the freedom to do? Fuck off back to Sydney. 
you know if if i'm if i'm a fifo worker right and i say i'm not happy with these conditions like if i get to site and i have to have a covid test or i have to isolate when i get there they say that's fine you can now we'll, we'll pay for you to fuck off back to where you came from um to your home state see you later he has all the freedoms in the world to not do that, to, to not be there. At any stage, he can say, please let me out. I would like to purchase a plane ticket and I would like secure transport back to the airport to fuck off. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Fan-fucking-tastic. You know? What this has made me a little bit fucking glad of, though, I was never a big zombie fan. I cannot fucking wait for the zombie apocalypse because you know who's left at the end of that? You know who's in the real life walking dead? Fucking great cunts that know how to fucking do the right thing because when the fucking zombies come, it's going to be nothing but these dipshits at freedom rallies going, oh, look, look, it's just the government saying you shouldn't let them bite you. I know three people that got bitten and nothing happened to them. It's a fucking hoax. (laughs) <laughs> dumb cunts yeah and look I mean that that's that, that's con- conflating yeah the the jet Jimmy the jet with you know a, a completely different you know class. I don't think that he would have at any time like you know you know saying like I'm, I'm gonna fucking struggle you know I'm strapping on the DTs and I'm gonna walk out and, fu- I'm, gonna, and I'm, gonna, I'm gonna walk out and fucking you know swing my schlong around on the veranda because my freedoms <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, but I've, like, I've seen I've seen a lot of people saying oh, talk, before he, on about his behalf saying that, his yeah, freedoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, that's right, it. right. Okay, you know, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and it's exactly the same with Nathan Cleary. Like, yep. The the shit he carried on with last year, right? At the start with the TikTok. Yeah, he thing, had yeah. people to his house and did a dance on the internet. Yep. However, it was the context under which that occurred. Then you look at this stuff with James Roberts, and you go, "Well, okay." So the Queensland Health have already said, you're close to your last warning. We'll shut your shit down. Yep. Yeah, that, That's fine. You're on NRL player salary, but how about the media people and the club digis and the, the fucking, the cleaners at the grounds, yeah. you know, the, the kids that work in the fucking food stalls? Yeah. How about all of those people who do live paycheck to paycheck who all of a sudden don't have a job if the NRL season's cancelled. You know, there, there are some fucking real-world consequences. Justin Pascoe's hairdresser. I don't I think, think that these hairdressers fucking employed at all. Yeah. There's no... The, 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 you, mean, you mean he doesn't do that himself in front of a mirror? <laughs> David Nofaluna's Luma's uh, Brill Cream provider to give him his perfect used car salesperson hairdo look. Justin Pascoe's had a ritual where he glues fake nails and 47 gold bangles on his wrist <laughs> and does his own hair and uses a different voice and talks to himself. <laughs> oh, Justin, you're so powerful. <laughs> tucks back. Tuck, tucks back and gets in front of the mirror and fucking cues up Goodbye Horses on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, look, look. I I wish Jimmy the Jet the, the very best, but uh, I w- I agree with you that you know it, if if his mental health was 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 at such a, such a low point, and let's face it, I mean, you know, 
we know we know people in the popo and like particularly i know one who's uh, who who works specifically as a negotiator and the amount of calls that he's getting t- called out on now compared to let's say before march last year is fucking like ridiculous like hockey stick sort of fucking graph yeah so and fuck me what what a point what a point people in emergency services you know, um, I heard a report today about the level of abuse that paramedics are getting has this like untold level of increase this year. You know, the the police, the, you know, all, all of these people, fucking talk to some of them about mental health and actual fucking like efforts to get through it. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I, will, I will count. When I remember when I went to get my first vax, uh, there was a there was a poster on the wall uh, on the door at the front of the the clinic, and it had like a picture of a guy like raging, and it was like you know abuse will not be tolerated. You know you, mm. you see you see these here and there. There's one of the, there's a poster similar to it on the on the uh, mm. the front window or on the counter of the my my Australia Post business center where I go and do my drop offs when when I don't get a pickup. Oh, that shouldn't and, be. And um and and the th- <laughs> and the funny thing, <laughs> anecdotally speaking. <laughs> I've I've observed with one hundred percent accuracy that every place that has a poster like that on the counter or on the front door, you have a one hundred percent chance of being given the most fucking terrible service you've ever received in your life. That makes you want to fucking rage. A hundred percent of the time. Um, I had, I recently dealt with some paramedics too, and they weren't fucking very nice. I will say, I like paramedics. I think they do great work. But sometimes they just need to fucking just fucking calm it down a little bit and uh, ask questions with their fucking inside voice and you know, and, 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 and and not the voice they would use to someone as they were fucking about to herd them into the fucking oven. And fucking Do you know what my up. thing is? And my thing is with that? What's that? No interaction that I ever have with an emergency services worker mm-hmm. is in isolation. To me, it's in isolation because generally speaking, if I'm dealing with an emergency services person, mm. that's the only time I'm doing that that day. Yeah. Yeah. To them, it's probably not the first time that day. It's not the first time that week. It's not the first time that month. And it's the accumulation of that shit all the time that in in my book, unless they're being downright abusive or offensive, that I like they get they get a big pass for a lot of shit from me yeah. just just by the the fact of they've dealt with 50 dickheads before they get to me make that so 51 can... <laughs> why if they go to your house before mine can you, yeah can you imagine obviously they were at his place first before my recent fucking interaction with them and it explains everything <laughs> and now I know why they were fucking just basically just, just dropping end bombs in my face <laughs> because they've been driven to it by their previous clientele. I understand now. <laughs> Thank you for making it so clear. <laughs> oh, I tell you, I had the opportunity to fucking uh, to to see the hotel quarantine, you know, up, up close and personal today. And fucking copper there, she fucking abused me as well. <laughs> like I was, I just went to walk up to the like the the hotel in question is completely like only for the use of hotel quarantine. So it's you know, you can't. But they've got like. 
I remember when I saw the Sofitel set up down the Gold Coast for it, they sort of had a desk out the front with some army guys and, you know, cops in that there and they would sort of stop people and whatever. Yep. And so this one, this one, they didn't have a desk out the front, but they just had it like immediately inside the lobby. And so I just went to walk up to the desk and she's like, don't take one more step. Like before I could actually cross the threat, like before I could cross the threshold yeah, wow. of taking a step inside the sliding doors of the recept- of the lobby of the hotel. Mm. And I was just like, all right, fuck <laughs> I, I was there's a desk there faced at a perpendicular to me I was going to walk in front of the desk and start an interaction yeah. as you generally fucking do with people when there's desks involved <laughs> and um anyway then she went on lunch maybe she was hungry and then the next couple was a very nice guy and the army people were excellent the whole time so it's a shame you didn't get tased that story when when it first broke out in Sydney and they first had hotel quarantine like the first people started coming back from overseas mm. yep and there was a story somebody had, you know, rung their dealer yeah. and, asked, and asked them to, and this was back before they were even letting you know, deliveries in. Yep, yep. But you, you could get stuff delivered, but it wasn't commonplace. Yeah, they were yeah. providing the meals to you. They were doing all of this stuff. And the dealer has organized for one of the, the runners to go and drop off whatever they've ordered um, in a box of fruit. <laughs> and so this poor, you, you know, what you assume is a you know eighteen year old kid that does these runs, yeah, would be would make that sort of delivery fifty times a weekend, yeah. You know, I've got a box of fruit to a hotel room. He's walked into this one hotel, and there's fifty cops in the lobby, <laughs> and they reckon just the instant look of terror on his face. Is that that's what gave him away? <laughs> that's yeah, what gave him away completely. So they've ended up going through searching through the fruit and. Uh, the old Busterino, which is great. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they searched. I don't know if they searched through the stuff that I took up, took up to someone today, but um, but it, I know it did take an hour to get to the fucking sixth floor. There <laughs> I, you was, go. I was home. From, I was I was well and truly home by the time I got the notification. Yeah, it just arrived. So yeah. Um. Now the other story I want to talk about today, this week, is um, Paul Vaughan has just uh, been handed a lifeline. He signed a one-year deal for next season. With uh, you know who, the doggies. Mm-hmm. Uh, now word on the street is it's for about four hundred grand, and um, which is still very good. Yeah, just that's that's better than average prop money, as as it is. But yep. uh, now I heard that <laughs> I heard that he he actually he'd he'd been offered a deal with Manly on the basis of fucking prove yourself. But his manager fucking set set a rate of four hundred grand, and they were like, "Well, no, that's not prove yourself. That's like a fucking lot of money." And of course, who steps in to pay that price? Of course, the doggies. Yeah. They'll do it. And uh, you know, can you imagine you know, him and Tigers him probably and, uh, offered him six hundred grand? He's up now. I'll take four hundred yeah. somewhere else. <laughs> him and him and Tavita. Yeah. And, uh, I'll, all the boys. I'll, Jason I'll play Hitherian. with the kitty fucker, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, um, and the the one thing that I was I was worried I wasn't worried I was, I was wondering was what happens to the eight ma- the eight match ban because he's not signed for the rest of this year and then starting to next year he's just signed for next season right and in the article I'm I'm reading it said that uh, it wasn't going to be uh, it wasn't going to begin until he signed with the new club. However, it is expected that the NRL will allow the ban to be served over the remainder of the season. So the three previous rounds and the and the remaining five, mm. which will allow him to be uh, available for selection 
for the doggies round one. That's horseshit. It is a bit, isn't well, it? Look, as long as, as long as they have cap room to pay him this year and sign him and pay him. They're not though. That's that, that's the thing. It's it, that, that that's not what's happening. It's just for next year. So eventually, yeah. he's he's seeing out an eight match ban when he's not employed by a club. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. That rings a bit hollow. Mm. Yeah, and look, and, and let's face it, Hook for all of his uh, you know various quirks and uh, and also you know Ricky for that matter. For whatever we want to say about them as coaches. They do tend to be fairly authoritative, you know, sort of sorts of characters, which is something that I don't get, or you know, any deficiency in that that those guys have. I don't see any of that, mm. any of that quality in Trent whatsoever. Yeah, not a fucking drop of it. Mm. Trent will be and Trent will be at the next party. He'll be at the fucking barbecue. Yeah, yeah exactly. He'll be leaving his wallet on the barbie. Yep. Yep. Or you know you have his car out, you know he's he'll have his you know, he's he's uh his Prius out the front. With Although his personal, with his personalised number plates like you know S two S G B Y S G B one. To play sexy good bloke advocate, maybe that's the issue with a player like Vaughn. Maybe having the authoritarian lay down the law, you know, go home and tuck yourselves into bed, drives a division between the coach and the players. Which then means that that the playing group is is making its own own calls and decisions for stuff like that. Whereas if Trent's a little bit more, you know, hey, yeah, I'm one of the guys. Maybe he hears about that sort of stuff and can nip it in the bud. So yeah, but I don't think he's going to. I, I don't. I don't think he has the qualities of a brain surgeon. Who can who can provide the the ability for you know an, a brain transplant or at least surgery to remove the impulse centers of Paul Vaughan's dumb fucking brain? Yeah, that's true. Or add IQ into a fucking absolute monument. Although maybe that's maybe that's Gus. You know, may, maybe yeah, Gus maybe, is there. Maybe. You know, look, we've given you a lifeline. Don't disappoint me. We've I've put my faith in you. You know, does Paul Vaughan have a dad? That seems more uh, seems more legit to me than. Yeah. Relying on Trent Barrett to to keep these these guys with history in line. So Gus Gus is the dad. Trent Barrett's the older brother. <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll pull it. They'll they'll pull into the the first video session and they go, look, we've got to you know obviously we don't have any video to go over. It's the first game of the season, but yeah, Gus is on board now, as you fellas would know, and as a result, we've got a little video package for you to watch, and it's just basically. Gus walking on the walking behind the goalpost on the field. Paul Vaughan rampaging forward, but he's got some history. And he just gives him this big fire up. <laughs> or maybe they get, they get fucking Matt Nabel around to do just, <laughs> just to pump the fire. <laughs> anyway, any other stories that you fellas want to talk about? Not specifically. No, 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 no. It, oh. Do we do we touch on the World Cup fiasco? The only reason I didn't didn't have, have anything there is because I'm not sure, I couldn't remember if we did or not <laughs> already. I don't know. Have, have we not? Have we not spoke? Fuck it. We can go. Let, let's get, if we did it. Apologies. Here we go again. Um, although I don't think we have really. No, I don't think we it. have. Um, yeah. So 
obviously the the World Cup's going ahead, uh, which you know, to me is is something very expected considering we're in the midst of the Olympic Games, you know, the biggest sporting contest in the world. Uh, we've had Euro uh, the Euro Soccer Championships, so that's like you know one of the larger uh, you know soccer tournaments. Uh, fucking what else have we had? Wimbledon or every Grand Slam tennis tennis tournament mm. has, has taken place. So there's a lot of precedent for large sporting events to to uh, resume following, uh, you know, mm. not following, but, you know, during a pandemic. So Volandis using the, uh, not the excuse, but the reason, the reason for, of, you know, player welfare uh, in terms of them not being quarantined uh, as well as not being exposed and potentially, you know, Cashing the Rona has stamped down and said, "Look, you know, Australia and New Zealand won't be sending teams to the World Cup." Mm. That's the situation we're in. That situation hasn't modified itself at all over the last week. Mm-hmm. What would you like to say about the situation? I guess. Look, I'm disappointed that Australia and New Zealand won't be sending teams. Um, you see them, or you, you see them as the, I guess, the flag bearers of yep. the sport. I think this is an opportunity, and it's a PR opportunity for, or for essentially the other nations to to act like they're not phased. You know, to to really drive this home as no one nation or no two nations are bigger than the sport. Yep. And for anyone that doesn't want to come, fine, but we're going to go on without you and we don't care. Yeah. We do not fucking care that you're not coming because we don't need you. Yep. It's a privilege to be invited to this. Uh, so suck our dicks from the back. It's an opportunity then for you know emerging nations to, to have a shot. And if I was the coach or or a player of, of any other nation to have, you know, pro- probably guaranteed finalists not show up, you know, that would, that would fucking give me that much more resolve to get in and really stamp our claim on being one of the new heavyweights. Yeah. And it really does open it right up. If there's no Australia and no New Zealand, you know, at the at the event, it does open it so, up for England to completely fucking bottle it, which will be fantastic. Yeah. Um. Now, potentially unpopular opinion, I would be disingenuous if I was to have a crack at James Roberts for the potential onflow of him, um, you know, uh, affecting the season. I can see clubs' standpoint. You know, um, look at that Australian side. How many how many Melbourne Storm players are going to be in there? What yeah, happens? But have the clubs actually said anything? I mean, I'm seeing a lot of clubs that you know saying, uh, like I saw Wayne Bennett the other day say, well, you know, we, we're not standing in front of anybody. No, I'm not saying the, the clubs are saying this, but but the NRL, right? Yeah. What happens if come round one? The, Mel- the Melbourne Storm have issues with COVID. You know, I, 
it's just such a risk at the moment. And and their product is everything. Their product is absolutely everything. The other thing that hasn't got much media attention, and it was only said the first the first couple of times this story broke, was that we're still unsure of the long term health ramifications of this disease. Yeah. What happens if you know Cameron Munster goes over there and he gets the vid? He's asymptomatic, but he comes back and now he has breathing issues and he can no longer compete for 80 minutes at high intensity. You know, yeah. that's a big fucking what if. Yeah. But if they're... The, the Australian team are our marquee players. If an issue happens there, this Delta variant, Nate, what did our friend in, in New South Wales Health say that its transmission rate is in households? Oh, yeah, in households, is one, it's 100% at this right? stage. So that yeah. means if someone has it and they go home to their house, everyone in their house 100% of the time we'll to their, to, to their, with their details, with the, with the information they have at the moment, 100% of the people will get it. So this is that Delta variant. What happens if somebody in your team gets it? Yeah. You know? Um, again, it's a big what if. But are you willing to take that chance with every marquee player I think that's the in the country the very definition of of covid really since um since it first spawned was it everything's been a what if because no one really knows you know until they have time to to yeah, do the research 100%. and you know it is everything's a fucking what if and this is no different yeah. um I can't I can't really hate on the decision um, it's a decision. You know, they had to make a decision one way or another, and they, they chose to go that way and err, err, err on the side of caution. Um, but you know, I think, as you say, it does present opportunities for for other nations. But um, yeah, and we are going to see NRL players, you know, participate for sure. Yeah. You're going to see, like, you know, for, yeah, yeah, and marquee players to, at that. Like, you know, we're going to see your Jason Tumwallows. You know, represent for their you know, their country. We're going to see. Yeah, you know, there there are going to be plenty of people. Yeah. I think. Marquee. Like, there are other go. players that run for two hundred meters a game. He's well, basically a fat Brian Toto, without the flips. And, Wouldn't and call the, him Marquee. And the, and, the, and, the, and, the, and whatever the injury is that's <laughs> at the moment. But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, no, they do. I, th- I think what they do. Is, so yeah, like you said, fuck it. Move on without Australia, New Zealand. And whoever the the whoever the next two nations were closest to qualifying, mm-hmm. who missed out, you know, just because there wasn't two more spaces. Yep. Bring them up. That's it. And the real play would be the Travoyevich family eligible for Serbia, who probably aren't in there, and and they they could get on Serbia to make like the the round of sixteen or something, where they would probably be like. <laughs> Hundreds of dollars to make the rounds of sixteen, <laughs> and you and you just get on you just get on them to fucking to do that if they announce the turbos. The no, turbos the floor and the floor in your plan there is it has been scientifically proven that you can only have two turbos in a team. Any more, any less, the outcome's oh, horrible. Well, that's okay. They just have to send Tom and Jake, <laughs> <laughs> and then Ben. You know, Ben can just be you know, stay back just to grow the you know stem cells. To secure, <laughs> to secure them when they get the spare parts. <laughs> but yeah, look, it's just, I, th- I think for the purpose of International Rugby League, I think they just really need to remain 
staunch and not cave to the the you know, the, the implied request or the demands of of, uh, of the ARL mm-hmm. to postpone the tournament or whatever. I think if they're going to do it, they need to just fucking sack yep. up and do it. That's it. And to say fuck it, we're going yep. ahead. Yeah. And you know, and if there's any fallout internationally. And you know, or I mean, I can't imagine there is because you know Australia and New Zealand will return return immediately and go one two again. But look, I, don't, I think given the climate we're in at the moment, we're not looking at you know. You may lose some TV ratings, but I mean, I know that I would be extremely interested in a, in a more open competition where it doesn't appear to be a foregone conclusion. Yep, crowds aren't going to be an issue because they're probably not going to you know they probably can't do it anyway. Yep, because of the pandemic. So. You know, revenue-wise, I don't know if it'd be the worst thing, and I certainly don't think it'd be like some sort of terminal thing, unless they had some kind of, you know, whoever the backers are of the of the World Cup, unless there was some sort of, you know, caveats in place there that they had to deliver this tournament with these teams in place. And and here's the thing: if somebody other than England wins it, yeah, it it becomes instant folklore. Yeah. You know, it was the year that Australia and New Zealand decided to be fuckwits. And Tonga fucking got their rightful. That's it. Yep. You know, through grit and determination and yada, yada, yada. It's a great story. Right, quickly, fellas, let's go through these games, hey? We've got a a bunch of uh, wonderful... Queensland Rugby League matches coming up this weekend, uh, scattered around the countryside, and we're kicking off on Thursday night from BB Prince Stadium, Mackay, with the Roosters taking on the Eels. Uh, the Roosters' side, we have uh, Billy Smith and Nick Avali, they're out injured. Um, Josh Morris and Adam Kieran, new centres. Manu moves to the wing, and uh, SST's back on the bench. Baker to the reserves, the Eels' side. Uh, Opacek returns. Uh, Pinasini... Glenn, he's, yes. uh, drops the reserves. Uh, Nucore is out with a knee injury. Cartwright replaces him on the bench. Roosters. Roosters, you say? Yeah. Why? I just... Because they're not the Eels. Yeah. I just, I just think um, Parramatta, um, still no Mitchell Moses. And... I think there's a few clubs, you know, the last week's game against um, against the Raiders. I think they um, they were exposed again in some ways, and mm-hmm. the Roosters. I think they've got enough. I think they've got enough experience. I think they've got enough resolve. Um, and Para, they won't hang in a grind, and I think that's that's what the Roosters will bring. I'll be too sure. The Roosters have got more. The Roosters bring more attack to the table as well. I mean, Canberra's win was really was really based around you know, you know desperate defence. Mm, yeah, mm. yeah. I think yeah, just the structure and and the fact that they, they don't have Moses' kicking game to kick him out of trouble. Um, yeah. And if the Roosters get the ascendancy with possession and field position, um, they're going to find it hard to 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 claw that back without that kicking game. I'm looking at for something I'm missing here. Because in the betting, the Roosters are two dollars forty-five outsiders. Mm. Is there someone that's questionable for the Roosters, or is it? Well, I mean, it's 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 twenty twenty-one Roosters. 
I mean, they're absolutely shredded with injuries still. But now we're kind of yeah. used to seeing a lot of these names now because they've put together a lot of games. Mm, they are. I, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Nate. The Roosters have got too many points in them for Para. And and what I was hoping for Para's attack to do without Mitchell Moses never eventuated. For for Marnie and Brown to to step in and really stake a claim on it. Uh, I expected more from them last week and was, was let down. So unless they can turn that around big time, Roosters. Yeah, and it's because honestly, I don't discount the you know the ability for them to do that either. You know, I mean, their forward pack is great, and yeah, their forward pack can definitely match it with the Roosters. Mm. It's just, but their attack was, I mean, like Canberra defended well, but Parramatta probably threw less at them than they've thrown at anyone all season as well. Yeah, that's it. And and they've had games. I mean, they've had games without Mitchell Moses before, where Dylan Brown stepped up and and you know taken the game, but. Yeah, it, that didn't happen. It didn't happen last time. So last week. So I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I was, I, like you know, I feel. I feel. My feeling is roosters, but it wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if the, the you know, Parramatta learned from last week and the things that didn't work for them in terms, especially in terms of attack, and uh, make some changes. But geez, I mean, what a slide! If they, if they, if the roosters can get them though. That's that's the start of a, a decent slide for the Eels because they do yeah. not have the easiest run home. That's yep. it. The early game on Friday is uh, the West Tigers versus the Warriors. Pub slot, 6 p.m., Suncorp Stadium. You heading down Ooh. the mountain again, Glenny? No, I won't be able to get to this one, unfortunately. Shit fan. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay fuck yourself, <laughs> you can't. <laughs> the uh, West Tigers site. Uh, Luke Garner uh, is uh, out with the ankle injury. Sustained from the uh, garlic sauce, and he's replaced by Bloor. McKaylee is replaced by Joe Offengawe. Starts at lock. Mbai starts at centre with uh, Polga out. Is he out through injury or, or the fact that Morgan Harper touched him in his special place <laughs> multiple times? No, no, don't touch me there. <laughs> no, I honest question though: is he, was he injured? Is he injured, Glenny? I'm not a hundred percent sure, to be honest. Or is he injured from the fucking height that he was dropped from the side? <laughs> the impact with the ground. Uh, Twole, Amoni, and Cheekham uh, return on the bench. The Warriors, fucking Warriors. The, they, uh, the, the, I don't know. You need to think of something so, you know, to incorporate the word buy into their name because <laughs> they really have. They are the first team that has. Well, you get teams that mentally quit on their season when they get too far, you know, out of the running and all that sort of thing. And, you know, some teams become like the spoiler. And try and you know, knock over the big teams and fuck up their finals aspirations or their you know final placing, mm. and then some teams that just fucking chuck it in. Yep. The Warriors, not only with the performances of chucked it in, but like they're chucked it into the extent where they're where they're like, look, we don't we don't need you anyway. RTS, the bubble the bubble's <laughs> going to shut in New Zealand, so you may as well get back there beforehand. And yeah, sure, you're going to miss like five games. <laughs> In your last season ever for the club, but um, yeah, you can go. And there was someone else too. Who was the other one? They were, I think they were going to let someone else go as well, but I can't. I can't remember who it was. Um, so as a result, they've only named a twenty-man squad. Mm. Um, Newell Blake, uh, Chad Townsend, Jack Murchie, Lisa Almao. He's the other one that's getting sent early, and Matt Lodge. Uh, they're all out. Tanoa Brown and Murdoch Masilla return to fill the front row. Peter Hicku comes back from a long layoff, and he'll be in Jesus. at 5'8". Sean O'Sullivan is halfback. Kane Evans on the bench. Jazz Tavanga is benched. Uh, Otakulo to start hooker. 
Cody Nikarima's benched. Uh, we, he's benched to allow the return of Hiku wow. in the halves. Cody um, Nikarima should take that as an indication that he needs to retire immediately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Katoa starts second row, um, and they've got two uncapped players. Uh, Pride, Pedersen, Rizzardi, <coughs> and uh, Viliami, Vilea appear on the uh, reserves list. And uh, Edward Cossey, the 18th man last week. And fuck me, they are at the absolute bottom of the barrel yeah. in terms of depth. And off the back of a 60-point loss, I think this is an absolute moral for the Tigers. I agree with you. This is purely nothing more than clawing our for and against back and um, be a fucking training run. Dane Laurie's going to yeah. cut them to shreds. Adam Dewey will put in another masterclass in the sixth jersey. And Tigers, <laughs> Tigers. When you say another masterclass, it implies a previous example of such a masterclass. Yeah, you're right. It does. That's exactly what I'm saying. So you're just going to you just got to trump your way through that one and just pretend <laughs> there was one? <laughs> yes, Nathan. That is, that is correct. <laughs> I like the Tiger side. I like Sean Bloor starting. Um, and I'm keen to see what he can do in the opening exchanges. He's only been coming off the bench in his previous uh, first-grade games, so um, it's a step up for him, but he's definitely up to it. And I think his aggression in the early stages, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that, but can't see Sean Bloor rewarded. Sean Bloor starting. Um, you know, it's, it's, the ultimate, it's the ultimate reward for effort as he's, as he's promoted the starting lineup due to necessity via injury. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you only have to look at the other players on the bench and you know, they're fucking pure class. The fact that Sean Bloor has uh, fought his way into that starting side is, uh, is a testament to himself. Credit to credit to his family. And I see the name Zach Senior's ball boy again too. So uh just didn't get that mullet out up in up at uh, Suncorp again. <laughs> wonder if there'll be wonder if there'll be another belligerent cunt in the crowd fucking giving it to him. <laughs> no, not at Suncorp on Friday night, I'm afraid. Um, I'll tell you what, though. If you had gone to Suncorp, you could see both your teams again because the the late game uh, at Suncorp was the Broncos versus Cowboys. It's the old derby. And uh, what do we got here for the Broncos? Flegler's suspended, so he's out. Keenan Palacio starts. Uh, Rabadi joins the bench. Danny Levi back again. He's on the bench Whoa. with uh, Corey Pake's cut. Uh, North Queensland Cowboys side, um, unchanged on the starting side. Ben Hampton replaces Dejan Arce on the bench. Will this one end in a one-point victory for either side? No. Who's going to win then? I think the Broncos. The Cowboys, yeah, yeah, it goes down as a loss on their last week's effort, but Mm. their best defensive effort of the season and maybe their best – all-round game by far. Mm. Yeah. I, I think, you know, as we, we went over it um, in, in the last episode, but um, as much as Penrith were well down on, on their standards, um, I think Brisbane's effort and, uh, and energy in such a game, I think they'll be, they'll be up for the Cowboys, much like they were up to play Penrith. So... Um, I think the Broncos might um, might spring a, a well. They're actually dollar seventy seven favourites. I was going to say spring an upset, given the Cowboys have over the last six or eight weeks have probably 
shown a bit more of a higher level of form than, than certainly the Broncos have. But Yeah, but probably only the same amount of wins, though, too. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. Um, no, I think um, I think the Broncos will get this one. All right. Look, I'm inclined to tip the Broncos as well with no great confidence. One thing I forgot to mention last week, uh, oh, sorry, yes. in the last episode, was um, obviously we sat in the second row, so uh, very close to uh, to the action and um, yeah. good spot, all the rest of it. But Herbie Farnworth copped it from the Manly fan uh, a few seats up from us, and he, he took a particular uh, shining to, to Herbie and was just feeding it to him for the entire, pretty much most of the game, really. Yeah. And at one stage, um, shortly before, the Broncos were attacking, you know, so they were probably 10 metres out, so Herbie um, was... Not too far away from old mate, who just continued yelling his fucking name and calling him names, and you know, basically assassinating Herbie's character. And as Brisbane were attacking, albeit the ball wasn't coming to Herbie anytime soon, he looks over at the guy in the crowd and essentially says, "What can? Like what? Like I've never seen a player <laughs> in play react <laughs> to a fan. It's like really? literally got to him. Yeah." Like fucking what? What gun? <laughs> yeah, no. Nah. I've never seen that. Jordan Ricky in the second half, when he when the ball was getting kicked off, um, there was a guy a few rows back who was calling out to him, and not not derogatory in any way, but it was fucking annoying because he kept just yelling out his name, and he sort of. Looked over and you know gave him a little wave and and you know the fucking a little bit of a hand gesture and and you know they were all all happy but Herbie was legit he was legit shook. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I've never I've never seen a player really get shook. I've seen I've seen I've seen them like you know like like break break eventually after like a ton of comments and yeah. like, you know smile or whatever or you know, give you a wave or you know whatever. yeah yeah but um. I ran back. There was a, there was a game. Um, it just seemed, uh, I'd go down to Brookie every year for at least one game, and like it, it invariably it turned out for some reason, just through fluke, it was always like a Warriors game. And I remember on the sideline just giving it just just to Henry Farfilly for like a game, and just just calling him Snoop Dogg. You know, the corner, just just calling him Snoop Dogg, and just saying, you know, you know, bust the rap for me, Snoop, and all this sort of thing. And and eventually I got him, and he turned around and just sort of smiled. But I mean, he wasn't he wasn't like you know. I'll fight you, can't you? Yeah, like, at, yeah, at, at all. It. I mean, they just take yeah. it the way it's meant, you know. But um, I'd love to know what this guy was saying. I mean, what is he? Was, what was? What were you? What do you okay, there was nothing saying? even really, um, you know, just like Herbie yelling out his name and your shit, Herbie. Oh, oh creative, like, creative yeah. stuff. You know, yeah. like there was nothing in there that was really like it was annoying, but like surely he's been copying that. Everywhere. And that sounds like a very, and that sounds like the default low level of banter that yeah. every single player that's in earshot of the sideline yeah, would hear anyway. Exactly. You know, like that, that shit would be just like it should. It should be just like white noise. Mm. So but, um, anyway, that was yeah. my. It was an interesting. Didn't have his eye on the prize, is what you were saying. Didn't no eye on the game. Yeah. No, exactly. So so okay. So well, who who's going to be marking up on Herbie this week then? Yeah, is is he going to be able to exploit the the apparent mental weakness? <laughs> <laughs> Um. Now, are we agreed? What the Broncos? Who did you say was going to win that one, Jay? I reckon the Cowboys get this one. 
Ooh, okay. Uh, the the dragons take on the uh, South Sydney Rabbitohs at Brown Park, which I believe is it Rockhampton. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, what's happening with the dragons here? Sloan replaces Matt Dufty at fullback. Um, Dufty is named as a reserve on the extended reserves bench. Uh, Smooth Corey returns in the three jersey this week. Oof. With uh, Farmer Silly Burns and Fuimono all starting. Jack DeBell and Jack Bird and Blake Laurie are the three suspended players taking their week this week. Uh, Josh McGuire's out of the side. Jaden Hunt and Jackson Ford on the bench. Cody Ramsey out with uh, Talatau Amoni named in the back line. The Rabbits, Cameron Murray suspended. Uh, Arrow will start in lock in his place. Uh, Graham returns in the centres, which pushes Milne to the reserves. Knight returns on the bench. Um, Braden Burns drops to the reserves. Look, the Dragons are not one of those sides that have pulled the pin completely, and they do still cling desperately to to eighth position on the ladder at the moment. Mm-hmm. But this, you know, the whole barbecue thing, and yeah, they're, they're not a they're not a happy they're not a happy squad at the moment. Yeah, they're, they're one more horrible one more horrible loss from slipping into free fall, and I think yeah. this this will be the game where they they get it. They were absolutely manhandled by the Titans last week. Mm. And this week they're up against the Rabbits, a team that actually has the right to manhandle another side. Yeah. Yeah. And look, you know that Wayne's going to, he's, he's going to start turning the screws now and the Rabbitohs are just going to start operating more efficiently and more like the, the finished article that he yep. wants to see you know, roll into the finals. And I think a hit out against the Dragons side is a great way to uh, sharpen the attack. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, an, an attack that, let's be honest, doesn't need a fuck of a lot of sharpening after putting sixty points on the board last week. That, that's true, and I, I, would ima- <laughs> I would imagine that um, there'll be a fair, pretty fucking sharp. <laughs> Corey Norman in the centres will have a fair bit of traffic thrown his way. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and I, I, I just it just can't end well. It cannot. Corey Norman in the centre. It just. I've got to say, centre is is one of the most difficult positions on the field to defend in, um, and Corey Norman. He's not a great defender by any stretch of the imagination. So I don't think he's, you know, he's, he's a long way from the worst defender, but he's certainly not great, even with the amount of tackles that come his way in the six jersey. And be fucked if he's going to stop <laughs> yeah. the Rabbitohs if they're focusing their attack to run, a, you know, through him. So uh, I, I, don't, um, I don't envy his position. Yeah, because not only is it difficult to defend in the centre as well, if you're having trouble defending in the centre, then it's difficult to, to for the whole back line, to, like for the winger to have faith in you. Mm. Yeah. And and the guy inside you to have faith in you in your defence yeah. as well. And if then there's an inadequacy, faith in you, and, and I can speak from experience, if there's an inad- inadequacy in that position, the entire edge can collapse. And mm-hmm. the last fucking thing you need... <laughs> Is your edge defense collapsing with Cody Walker and Latrell Mitchell yeah, and Adam Reynolds and fucking yeah. God knows who else running through there? So, thank you very yeah. much. Yeah, South by plenty. The Knights take on the Raiders at Suncorp. This one's on Saturday afternoon. Uh, the Newcastle Knights side they have Bradman Best and David Clemmer returning. Mm. Dominic Young is cut from the squad, along with Jack Johns and Mitchell Pearce has named in the twenty-one jersey. So I guess as he edges closer to a return, the Raiders side, Whiten returns. So that'll get uh, Frawley out of the 17. Whitehead's back. Ryan Sutton's out. Uh, Young starts in lock. Do we read Do we read enough into Canberra's performance last week um, and the fact 
you know, for the last few weeks they've been on a an upward tick. Um, not so much stronger side, but I still think they're going to miss Mitchell Pearce, um, certainly kicking game-wise. And Canberra's one of those teams that likes to turn the screws and, and grind teams down with, you know, weight of possession um, and with their big forwards as well. Um, there's no one to really kick them out of trouble. So I um, I think the Raiders will continue their run. Yeah, look, I think the, the yeah. Knights are better defensively with um, Dom Young not in the side. Mm-hmm. I'd agree with that. However, mm. however, I think that the attack that they can generate, the attack they generated last week, and the generally the attack they're generating without Mitchell Pearce there to steer things around a little bit, mm. I don't think it's going to trouble the Raiders as you know it's, it's on a par with what they what they dealt with last week. So really. It's, it comes down to how well the Knights defend. If the Raiders can replicate their defensive effort of last week, then the Knights are going to have to be able to defend very well because, you know, it was not going to take too many Raiders points to to secure a win. True, it's not. And the Raiders, I think, are a, a form team. Like just as just as when they started that slide, they fell into that losing habit very quickly. As a, as a positive, I I think that these gritty wins will become a habit just as easily. Hmm. And I'm not sure the Knights are the team to knock them out of that. So Fair Raiders. point. This is one of the tougher games, I think, of the, of the round mm. of call, though. Uh, the Storm take on the Panthers. Again, Saturday night, 7.30. Suncorp Stadium again. The uh, would have been, I mean, like, you know, match of the year mm. on table placing and stuff like that. But yeah. You know, it's it's apparent. It's going to be you know quickly apparent that it's not probably going right. to be. Um, so Munster, Kafusi, and Fanukin are back for the Storm, which is great for them. Cooper Johns and uh, Trent Loyero out of the squad, uh, along with Nelson. Uh, Kamikamika drops to the bench. Uh, Pena is named in fourteen, and uh, they've got Harry Grant though in the nineteen, and he is expected to take that uh, take that uh, bench spot from Pena. Panther side. So Brian Toto is out. And what, he's out for, what, five, six weeks? Yeah, he is. Something like that, yeah. Tyrone May's out. So uh, Rob Jennings named on the wing. Uh, Naden comes into the centres. Burton shifts to the halves to part, part in the Luai. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cleary's still another week away. Uh, Isaiah Yo misses uh, the game with an HIA. So Matt Eisenhuth is named in the lock. Liam Martin starts up front for Fisher-Harris, who's left the bubble for the compassionate um, yep. baby pregnancy That's it. purposes. Uh, Targo and Hopgood join the interchange. I think, yeah. uh, I think they'll, you know, obviously they miss Cleary, um, but in this game, I think the 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 loss of Yo and Fisher Harris, and, and interested to hear your comments, Jay. But I think they're even even bigger hits to Penrith than Cleary. Um, just the, the way Melbourne play, those two guys would have been crucial. Um, to to nullifying uh, some of what Melbourne bring to the table. So, just that's my that's my two cents. <clears throat> Look, Fish is massive. He he's mm. absolutely massive. But but Yo's the big one. Mm. Yo's the big loss. You saw it last week. You know, as soon as he went off the field, he's he's so crucial as a link man in in attack, and he covers so much ground. And covers up a lot of you know errors or, or holes in defence. 
that he would he's the team's second biggest potential loss after Cleary. Um, you know, the other positive is that now we get to see a Luai Burton halves pairing. Uh, I'm a little bit upset that it's taken this long to get there. I would have liked to go into the Melbourne game with them having a couple of games together under their belt. Uh, I, I don't think Naden will embarrass himself. He, you know, say what you like about him, but he tries his fucking guts out every opportunity he gets. Yeah. Uh, in, in saying that, like, without Yo and Cleary, that that's the the calm heads in the side gone. Then you take away some strike power in Toto on on the wing, and the um, valuable meters that he that mm, he provides yeah. when you know Carter back up, you know that's it, and and the, and, and the benefit he has, like you know, on, on resting the forwards and you that's know, the it. good starting position, etc. The, yeah. the instant territorial disadvantage it gives mm. him every set, um, yeah, Melbourne for this one. Yeah. I'm inclined to agree. Um, yeah, you know, I think the biggest, the, the biggest uh, disadvantage or uh, problem that Melbourne have to solve at the moment is how they reintroduce Ryan Pappenhausen into the side and balance with Nico Hines because I felt like that was part of their problem last week against the Cowboys. Yep. And I know they have to give, you know, they'll just ease Pappenhausen in given the, the, the manner in which he had so much time out of the game. But, that's the real problem they have to solve. But I mean, if they can get uh, Harry Grant back into the side at this point as well, then mm. yeah, yeah, I, ex- I expect to see a storm win, and I don't expect it to be the, the you know the match of the season simply because you know there's too many pieces out. Yeah, correct. For it to, you know, for it to really you know meet, but yeah, let's see, let's see what Ivan Cleary comes up with. The uh, doggies take on the Titans at Seabus. The uh, I tell you, the the Titans. Uh, um, and I think to a lesser extent, the Cowboys as well, massive beneficiaries of this competition relocation. Mm. Like the Titans, like every single game is a fucking home game for the Titans at this mm. point. Yeah, that's it. And like, and, and the same, I think the same thing's happening for the Cowboys as well. I mean, it's not this week because it's the Broncos, but that's only because it's, you know, it's, it's the, it's the, the Suncorp game. Yep. Um, but I, I, it seems like every other game, like these guys get, they get home games, you know, nonstop. Yes. Yeah, anyway, the uh, doggy side, Adam Elliott is back. Uh, Luke Thompson, uh, what happened? He's he, he he would have taken his ban, right? His two yes. games, yes. Um, uh, three, yeah, okay. I think it ended up. Three, yeah. oh, okay. Um, Josh Jackson moves to lock. Uh, Ava Siamana for Nia bench. Lock on Lewis dropped to reserves. Kyle Flanagan's been re- uh, recalled to the starting halves. Mm-hmm. Uh, Renoff for Tony dropped completely, which uh, I guess that's that's because he's signed with the Roosters, right? You'd and think so, so, yeah. Yeah, and so, so Trent's just gone, fuck you. Um, so you're obviously not serious about winning. He's just uh, serious about yeah, throwing his fucking sexy toys out of the cot. Um, <laughs> Dory joins the bench. Stimson uh, back to reserves. The Titans side. Patrick Herbert, um, he was facing the judiciary, but they didn't name him anyway. Uh, SN Masters comes into the back line. Uh, Dave Fafita starts with uh, both firm are benched. Jamal Fogarty named in the reserves. So I guess he's... Uh, inching back towards a, uh, a return. Yep. And that means that Toby Sexton uh, retains the number seven jersey for his second game. Yep. You'd have <sighs> to say the Titans, right? You have to. Especially yeah. with the only good player in the doggies not there. Yeah. And in, and, and that, that being Luke Thompson. Which, yes. And see, the reason you have to say the Titans is what worries me. 
Because at, at every stage this year, you say, well, yeah, you, you have to say the Titans, but but tell me they don't have a dog-sized capitulation in them. Like, Fafita <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. had a good game 100%. last week. Mm. Yeah. Um, you know, does fucking Hetherington put a shot on him and send him into his shell in the first 10 minutes? You know, the, the dogs definitely don't have the talent where they should be able to worry the Titans. Does Hetherington put a shot on and miss time it and end up getting sent off and they play, play yeah. a game with 70, 76 <laughs> minutes with 12 men? Um, but, but yeah, the Titans can fucking self-sabotage with the best of them. I still think they'll get this one, though. Yeah, I, I, can't, I just can't see any other way around it. Uh, and finally, the uh, Cronulla Sutherland Sharks take on the Mighty Manly Seagulls at Morton Daly Stadium down at Redcliffe. And uh, the Sharks side, Sean Johnson, a hamstring injury. He has potentially played his last game for the Sharks, as it looks like it's going to be a decent sort of six-weeker. Mm-hmm. And so he's been replaced by Connor Tracy uh, in 5-8, and then Trindle will shift the halfback to replace SJ. Uh, Chambers returns into centres, uh, covering Tracy's spot. Matt Moylan is listed as a reserve outside of the 17. Tolman returns from suspension at prop. Rudolph moves to lock. Williams benched, and Hiroti is cut. Uh, the manly side. Curtis Sirin returns via the bench uh, after fucking a good layoff. Yeah, uh, Carl Lawton. Fuck, must be since about round sort of three or four, I reckon. Yeah, wow. Maybe five. Like, I, I don't know if he was. I, I don't. I feel like he got injured before we got good again. So I reckon it probably yeah, okay. was within, within that first uh, couple of weeks. Yep. Uh, Carl Lawton back on the bench. Uh, Aloye suspended uh, for taking out half of the fucking Tigers forwards. Last week, and uh, Sean Kepi is in the, the same situation as Fish, um, leaving the bubble for the birth of a child. And um, so he'll be out as well. Uh, otherwise, as per last week. Look, honestly... Can't get past Manly, surely. The Sharks are a putrid fucking football side. Um, Sean Johnson went, took some steps towards changing that with his one of his better performances as, until he... You know, tore a hamstring setting up a try for them to you know take a thirty to whatever six or whatever it fucking was at halftime uh, lead, and so it's yeah tragedy, tragedy for him, tragedy for the Sharks. I mean, the fans were you know were bemoaning his performances since he signed on to to rejoin the Warriors, but this was the game where he actually put it together again. Yep, and now he's gone. I th- I feel like, and I don't know if it's the players or the the, the training, the Sharks just seem to be a, an extremely unfit side in the forwards towards the tail end of halves and, and almost entirely through the second halves. And that's where a lot of the Canterbury points came through, like just straight through the guts. Guys like Toby Rudolph, who with the ball in hand, you know, is like a damaging runner. But that fucking guy is the number one tackle misser in the NRL this year. And I just think it's just because of just unfitness. You know what I mean? Like, and they've got more than that. I mean, they've, they've dropped Hiroti, which is a great move for them because he's also hopeless. But yeah, I just don't. I, I just, I just feel like there's going to be like what happened to them with the dogs via like Luke Thompson and mm. you know Avarillo and stuff last week. I mean, that's going to be you know Josh Schuster and fucking Tom Turbo. Mm. running through the Rudolph fucking highway this time, you know, and I just feel like the opportunities, particularly late in the first half and, you know, and if the role, if, if Manly maintain a large amount of possession and, you know, six again, sort of that, you know, back-to-back-to-back to back to back scoring, 
it's just going to get awful for some of those big guys that just get super tired in there. But look, to be honest, off the bench, they have um, the Iron Man himself, Andrew Fafita, come on and relieve some of these other players from their debilitating <laughs> fatigue. 80-minute player starting in the 17 jersey. <laughs> <laughs> lucky lucky yeah. to be an 80-second fucking player. That's it. Yeah, uh, looking forward to it, though. I've only I've only ever been down there to uh, to what's it called Morton Daly Stadium. Now I've only ever been there once, and that was to watch Killer play soccer in a, a FFA Cup game. And um, so yeah, looking forward to actually going and watching a, a game of league there. And I did I got a message from someone I'll keep anonymous saying that the, according to a well placed person who is involved in things regarding the Sunshine Coast Stadium. That they've jacked the price up, and so so expect to see games that may have landed at the Sunshine Coast mm. elsewhere mm. going forward over the next five weeks. Because with the lockdown extended another four weeks uh, for Sydney, I I think it's almost an absolute certainty that we'll see the rest of the regular season up here, and probably the entire final series. And then like it's debatable. We you know we can talk about what could potentially happen with the grand final after yep. that, yep. but. I'm I'm of a couple of my I mean it's really all you're trying to do is just guess the way that they're going to go with it and I think there's a couple of variables like you could say the the financial the financial side of things would be if Melbourne were to make the grand final you put it at the MCG and they'll, you know and they can stick like eighty to a hundred thousand people in there. Um, Are you going to get that though? That- if the storm if the storm are in the final. And that that gives a reason for like super casual non rugby league fan Melbourne people who want to who want to be part of the sporting capital of the, of the world and go to the big event that weekend, then yeah probably. If it's like Penrith versus Manly or something, you know, you're still going to get that yeah, transient sort of audience. But no, you're not going to get that same sort of thing. You reckon you the get other- eighty thousand to the MCG even if the Storm are playing? I think. I mean, I I, I think I think so. Yeah, okay. Just because Melbourne Melbourne crowds do attend the you know novelty events that you know big events of the weekend because it's not going to have the AFL Grand Final competing with it on the same weekend or anything like and, that. And I suppose if you can get that many Victorians in the one place, there's a good chance that someone will have eaten a bat. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Or someone someone from Sydney sneaks down. The other yeah. the other option the, the other option the the only other viable option is Suncorp Stadium. And you know Queensland deserves to have the. I mean, yeah, like it would be a nice sort of thank you for, you know, for 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 hosting the last half of the competition. Yep. Um, it would also be great that when Suncorp gets the grand final, the Broncos are shit. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And look and and look, you know, as far away from a grand final as they've ever been. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It would be great. Uh, and look, this, you know, then, then it comes down to when we have the grand final is going to be up here, then. Obviously, this year, I'm not prepared to call it yet, but for the second year in a row, I don't think we're going down there, fellas. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't look promising, that's for sure. Because, I mean, New South Wales is still busting out like, you know, 150 plus a day at this point. Yeah. Yeah, you know, 170 plus a day. Mm. So it's going to take them weeks just to even get it down to a 10 a day. Yeah. And, you know... With Delta Goodrum fucking with Delta Goodbat running wild through fucking <laughs> through Sydney. <laughs> where um Yeah, so 
we're going to have to think. So so with that in mind, though, I think we get our thinking caps on and rather than like having a real low-key thing in Queensland, you know, pending, you know, bats to be eaten north of the border, I think we try and do something up here for grand final weekend. Mm. And uh, and look, it's, yes, not, sir. it's not a great scenario because like, you know, a large amount of our members are from New South Wales and probably can't attend. So maybe we have to put our thinking caps on as well and, you know, see what we can do for people. Mm. But uh, and I say it on I say it on air because you know so that you know we the collective we as in Twill Nation not just the three of us can start having a bit of a think. I, and I say we as in the collective we Twill Nation and not the three of us can come up with an idea. <laughs> just let us know. <laughs> Manly thirty plus. the mailbag there it is okay so tons of questions in here this week shout out to everyone who provided uh, some questions uh trotters first up says do you think if rona continues to be a thorn in all of our sides the nrl may strip the warriors of their license and give it to one of several clubs that want in and make uh, in an australian-based competition no 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 not even no chance zero fucking chance yeah zero chance I, I would suggest that there is nothing short of financial mismanagement. Or financial ruin. That would give the NRL the the ability to strip a license. I think um, there is a greater chance of the NRL demerging St. George and Illawarra and kicking yeah, the Dragons out of the competition. That's it. <laughs> than, than that happening. Well, uh, there there is only one fan base that has the large majority of fans, um, where their mums are in fact their dads. So, if anyone's going <laughs> to go, that's them. Yeah, Joey says, "Is it just me, or are the match officials getting worse with the new rules? They seem to miss more and make the wrong decision on the field. For example, the amount of forward passes they don't pick up. Yes, the fatigue has been brought back into the game." And by having the referees and bringing the fatigue back into the game, the referees are, are, are some of the worst offenders. And like, let's face it, you both were sitting in row number two. I was sitting in row number two last Saturday night. Yeah. And fuck me, the, the 10 metres yeah. is policed atrociously. Yeah. Like, it, it's just the, the, the 10 metres is basically a V with the wingers being about seven metres and then a V shape with the guy closest to the referee yeah. 10 metres and then a V goes back out Do again. Do you remember those fucking glorious days where they would blow a penalty for offside like when they had that crackdown? Mm. And yep. they'd blow a penalty for offside and he'd point to the player that had run up and the player would say, bro, I was nowhere near the ball. And he said, yeah, but by you doing that, you forced them to play the other way. So you affected yep. the play. Yep. I thought it was fucking amazing. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah, look. Um, there, there is a certain amount there of of the the human eye is only so good. Yeah. And and with forward passes, that, that is going to be a contentious one. Uh, and, until, and I also put a large amount of the blame for forward passes on touchies as well because there's yeah. times when the touchies are right fuck. You can see them on the replay. They're right there and they're just not awake. Yeah, that's it. Um, 
until there are gyroscopes or whatever they're going to put in them in the balls, you're not going to stop forward passes being missed. So, or being contentious or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, Bennett says, "Oh, sorry, go ahead." I was going to say, I, I would almost love for us to be. You know, we're in this fucking digital age now. Yeah. There's only ever one game on at a time. Yeah. Yeah. I would fucking love for referees to be all on, even now, a Zoom call. You know, if not in the same room because of Rona, I get it. But all be on a Zoom call. And as the ref on the field is officiating, everyone in the room is talking. And if you ran that, then over time, interpretations would come so close together because they would have, through behavioral osmosis, absorbed a, a base level for, for what they call, what they don't call. Uh, I think that's a path to some more even officiating. But, Interesting. Uh, let, Interesting. Let's see point. them do something that makes fucking common sense. Yeah. yeah, hard to do because even though games aren't on at the same time, I mean, there are games that are back-to-back-to-back to back to back in, you know, locations spread from yeah, New Zoom call. North Queensland to, yeah. Zoom. So. Don't have to be there. Fucking great technology. Every other fucking company in the world yeah. has to use it during Rona. Yeah, but as I was saying, I mean, you know, the referees obviously go games that are back to back to back. I mean, they've got their preparations. They can't, you know, like every, you're not going to be able to get everyone other than the got the three out in the field into a what, thing. What are they doing? Fucking star jumps? Well, I mean, what's you know, their preparations? Maybe. Have a shower, cunts. Get dressed. So, so what, what you what you doing? Hang your fucking you, whistle around your neck. You, you dimi- you're diminishing the role of the referee in the game. I mean, fucking oath, I am. <laughs> Bennett said, if Turbo maintains his form and health and leads Manly to a premiership, where will he rank among the all-time best season performances and Manly GOAT status? Well, look. I'll let you speak to the Manly GOAT status, but yeah, if he mean, continues yeah. on the run that he's on at the moment, far surpasses um, Jared Hayne 2009, which is generally the, the go-to, certainly for me. Yeah, uh, and that was really, realistically, that was, about half a dozen, that was about half a dozen games, wasn't it? That, oh. un- that unstoppable run of Jared Hayne, like all, all at the end, you know, yeah. le- you know, culminating in the the grand final qualifier because yeah. in the actual grand final itself, he didn't no, really no, do he much. Was, he did nothing, but yeah, um, yeah. I think you know if he goes, he hasn't he hasn't had a game since when he came back in round four or five, where he hasn't been fucking dominant, it, especially when there's such a sharp contrast. Like up up until his return, mm. it was basically Queensland's Mitchell Pearce and and the rest of the degenerates. And then as soon as he's back, transform the football side. Yeah. Absolutely yep. transformative. And yep. not even Hayne did that. Like, yes, Jared Hayne had, had a good individual season, but there wasn't the fucking contrast as to what Tommy's done. This, this is, this this is more he was than like individual. He, he was running through teams single-handedly. Like everything good that got that dragged Parramatta to where they got that season was like Hayne just doing stuff himself. He wasn't collectively making like all the people around him amazing hmm. and, you know, and, and better. It was just, he was literally just untouchable personally and doing it all himself. Hmm. You know, hmm. um, Goat status, I mean, you know, fucking, you got to put in some time to his goat status. I mean, Manly's a club that has fucking a number of the greatest players that have ever played the game. So you got, you got to, you know, you got to put some time in there. But, um, but look, you know, he's beloved now. He'd be even more beloved then, I'm sure. Um, That's interesting yeah. point, though. 
Do they really? What's that? Well, when you talk about the greatest of all time in a lot of positions, manly players don't actually come up. Think about some of the Bob Fulton for starters absolutely does. No. Plus, guys like Graham Eady absolutely do. Cliff Lyons absolutely does. No, it doesn't. In the like the greatest of all time in his position. Yeah. Who, who's yes. arguing that Cliffy Lyons <laughs> was the greatest of all time in his position? Cunts at, cunts at the Except bar. Me. Cunts at the me. bar at Manly Leagues Club. <laughs> 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 and they all just agree with one another, and they go back to their fucking nursing home. Look, and, and again, I'm, I'm not trying to say that that Cliffy wasn't amazing. But like actual goat conversations. It says manly goat. Manly goat. The question we're answering. Yeah, but you, you said that manly have a lot of the greatest players of all time. I said they were some of the greatest players of all time. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but I'm not, necessarily, what... I'm not, des- I'm not necessarily saying they, that Cliff Lyons is the greatest player, the greatest 5'8 that ever fucking played the game. But is he top I'm five? I'm saying he is one of the greatest players to play the game. But is, is he top which five? Is un- which, is unda- which is undoubtable. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if he's fucking top 50. We've had thousands and tens of thousands of players, over, you know. Yeah, well, then top Scott Minto is not one of the greatest percentage. of all time, Seth. I mean, set the set the fucking set the the, you know, the percentage or whatever you know, the percentile that he has to be in top one percent. Yeah, fucking oath. Easily. Well, top five. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Is he top five? Top five. I, I don't know. There's a lot of fucking players that you could argue the top five status. Jesus Christ. Because we are talking about a game that's been going for like fucking 120 years. Hmm. Like, and that's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Players. It's a big thing to say. Greatest of all time. I just think that term's thrown Yeah, well, I didn't say he was the greatest of all time. I said he was one of the greatest players of all time. And I don't think that anybody would disagree, other than you would disagree with that. <laughs> I, think <laughs> I, mean, Cliff, I think Cliffy was overrated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you would too because you're just fucking, because you're happy not to be getting fucking bullied for once. Can't shut up. <laughs> Fuck. You can't bully me. I'm looking at your face as you sit in the corner, fucking licking your balls, waiting for the kick. <laughs> okay, well, but again, you've got you've got Cliffy and you've got Fulton. How does Cliffy yeah, got... enter up in the same conversation as fucking Fulton? The fuck out of here. Yeah, you got Wombat. You're fucking. This is so many fucking great players. I mean, don't get me fucking started. Just off off the top <laughs> of your head. Off the top of your head, just going through five eights. Like, give me a quick top five. Cliffy. Would Would you say Kieran Freddie's Foran, the best? Bob Fulton. What? Cliffy's not even better than Luai. <laughs> a thousand times better than Luai. He's won premiership to start with. Fuck. No, in, individual. So a goat. We're talking about individuals. Yeah. Mm. There you go, Twill Nation. Like, give, give us your thoughts in the chats. Or don't. Yeah. Yeah, or, or, or don't because what manly or, players are in the most top five goat conversations. The most, because oh, honestly, the most, the most, the most, the refuge of the of the brain dead conversation outside of the weather is making lists of things. Absolute worst. Um, I've just made like, a list like, of the like, two most fucking annoying cunts on this show. You two. <laughs> yeah, I disagree with your list, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh, good chat. Um, <laughs> uh, Dan said, they say you can't lose by 50 and win the grand final, but with all the blowouts this year, is 50 the new 30? We get more in one round now than we would in a whole season. Well, 
Dan, they don't actually say you can't lose by 50 and win the grand final. What they say is no team that's ever conceded 50 during the course of a season has gone on to win the grand final that, that season. Which has become, you can't lose yeah. by 50 and win the grand final. Yeah, but it's not, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not like a, you know, once again, it's not a correlation, you know, causation sort of situation here. It's just hasn't happened yet. And I think more to, more, more likely you're going to see the team that gets the, you know, gets the 50 against them. I if think this, this rule set remains the same going forward. South this year have a better chance than anyone I can remember. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. And who was it? it was the, the, the Roosters last year were close-ish. Oh, really? Fuck. Yeah, because remember they got, they got, they got like late in the season, they got sort of a 60 or something from South, remember? Shit. They got fucking like yeah. absolutely blasted. Yeah, yeah, And, you know, and they stood in that, and they, they, you know, got you know, fairly deep into the finals, but, um, hmm. but yeah, yeah, I think, I think under the current rule set, if it maintains, uh, and, and doesn't, you know, change in any way. And you're going to see, like you know, the increased score lines and things like that. There are going to be times when a team just gets rolled, mm. and they just can't claw their way back into it. And you know, for whatever reason, you know, conserving themselves or whatever, they're just like, all right, on to the next. And then you're going to see that you know that happen to a great team. Yep. And that team steadies the ship, and or you know, just it, you know, just water off a duck's back, and they go on at the end of the season, and they're a better side, a different side, or they, mm. yeah, and they win. So. Mm. Uh, let's see what we got here. Um, well, here's, here's one. Uh, Robert says, with my Warriors in the shitter, is it worth jumping on the Manly slash Penrith? Note, editor's note, he didn't say Tigers, bandwagon, <laughs> or will that end in disappointment also? Who, who <laughs> asked that question? Robert Hearn in the Facebook group. Robert, you should know fucking better. You should know fucking better. No. In... <laughs> Like never. Second teams of fucking yeah. AIDS and bandwagon. 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 Oh my god! Why can't you just enjoy the season and hope you see some great tries and quality rugby league? Yeah. Do you have to? Do you have to have a, an emotional investment in a side winning or not winning? If you need a connection to a winner of a game, try gambling. You <coughs> change teams week on week. Yeah. <laughs> fast um, fast forward six months. Anyone heard from Robert Hearn? <laughs> have you ever considered starting up a betting mansion now? And he doesn't oh. need to talk to any of us. You, that's the first time, as many times as you've said this stupid fucking saying, that is the first time you have ever lit a candle rather than cursing the fucking darkness. <laughs> And Robert, if you do decide to go down that path, I mean, you know, I, I would, I would, I would urge you to consider starting starting your own bet with mates group on the Sportsbet yes. app. Correct. It's e- it's easy to do and it's fun. Only on Sportsbet app. Bet with mates, unless your mates are cunts. Bet with your head, not over it. Conditions apply. <laughs> <laughs> What's the date today? I think we're coming to the end of that one. Twenty eight. Yeah, it's the end. Of the end. Yeah, so you may you may not be hearing those in the in the in the episodes anymore. Um, as of about this, as of about this uh, yesterday, the day before. Um, so retract all that. <laughs> Fucking pay me. <laughs> uh, where are we? Um, Chris says, in regards to your David Fafita chat in the Titans versus Rape Apologist game, 
Is he in danger of becoming another Dave Taylor or Jamal Idris, a massive unit with unlimited potential bought undone by laziness and lack of heart? Mm. Sky then makes an addendum and says, that's what happens when you pay them too soon. There's the chat right there. I don't think he's in that ballpark until you start to see him let his body go. Yeah, yeah, because he is he is whatever you want to say about his performances this year so far, and he's had you know a handful of spectacular ones and a couple of you know ineffective ones. Yep. Um, I mean, he's still a fuck. He's he's an athlete. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No one ever said that about Dave Taylor. No. And Dave Jamal- Taylor, Dave Taylor is a fucking Queensland George Rose. And and take yeah. it from somebody who had Jamal Idris at your club, you were all you were always waiting for him. To get fit, yeah, you know, um, and uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things. Jamal Idris obviously came up through the grades where his his size and his strength got him a lot of the way there, uh, and then as you start to get older, as we all know, um, you can't eat fucking fast food or or shitty food. Devon and tomato sauce sandwiches, yeah, Nathan. That's that's it. In between, in, in between, in between, fucking sword fights, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and and have it not affect you, you know. And and he never ever looked fit, and it affected his performance. So I, I think until Fafita's at that level, he hasn't quite reached that rock bottom. And I don't think Dave Taylor and Jamal Idris were ever fucking even half as good as Dave Fafita has mm. shown he's been. Mm in his career, even now at such an early stage. Yeah. I mean, Jamal, he just, just had a great, you know, great personal brand with the dreadlocks and fucking, <laughs> you know, the, the, the name and, you know, the, the Devon and tomato sauce sandwiches, you know, the samurai sword code and all the rest of it. <laughs> the kids show on the Gold Coast that had exactly zero episodes. Oh. And then his reincarnation is fucking... Dominic Young. Doggies. Oh, I was going to say, I was going to say Ockenbohr. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah. It's probably Before close. Dominic Young. Um, <laughs> uh, Terry said, will the Bulldogs 2022 forward pack be the loosest pack of cunts ever? So let's just, let's just walk through it. Hetherington. Yes. Already a massive start <laughs> to Vita Pangai Jr. Vaughn. Yes. Uh, like, stop right there. It's all you need. Yeah. And Josh Jackson's going to be the old guy sitting at the other end of the bar, just like shaking his head at these young cunts. Getting <laughs> too old for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else have we got here? Dan uh, LB, he says, uh, thoughts on commentators whacking off over teams' point scoring records this year. With the new rules, do the new stats even count? It's like comparing test cricket scores to 2020. I often have to remind myself that there is a silent majority, and by silent I mean not active on social media. Yeah. Um, who, who are the target audience for commentators? Yes. The, social media has has allowed people to essentially become their own commentators, and very often now people are watching a game with with social media in their hands, and and that becomes the commentary on the game as opposed to what's being said over the broadcast. Uh, I think the broadcasters are still squarely aimed at, at the people not on socials. And and that sort of shit works. I want to know if it if it's a record, if there's an interesting tidbit, if there's a little factoid, 
um, they'll want it to be spoken about. So, uh, no, you're probably right. There are there are more astute, um, you know, intellectual fart sniffers, such as yourself, who who it's not aimed at. Uh, but there there are a lot of people out there that just find stuff like that interesting. So, so the commentators will continue to do it. But at the same time, things like you know Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa's home run records are in the fucking book still, aren't exactly. they? Exactly. Correct, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. I, I, I see what you're saying, and I see the, you know, I see the other side. Hmm. Uh, and here we go. Hayden, Hayden has uh, raised what we were talking about earlier with the extended lockdown happening in New South Wales. It looks locked in. The Queensland will be holding the grand final. If this is to unfold, where would you like to see it played at? Suncorp, Townsville, the Gold Coast? All I know is the state of Queensland will benefit hugely from this after they copped all the dickings in origin. It's only fair they get something in return. <laughs> if it's in Queensland, it's, go- it's going to be in Suncorp. I mean, without, beyond a shadow of a doubt. Townsville did amazingly well to get that origin game at the last minute. But that's it. They're not getting any more. No, they're not. It's too and far from everywhere. It's not going to be down the Gold Coast. The Gold Coast doesn't have the capacity. I mean, I remember going to Titans games back when they were... You know, they just started, you know, with Preston and stuff, and they were, yeah, semi, you know, they were okay, they were competitive. And even then, they were getting, they were getting over 30,000 in there, weren't they, Glenny? At Yeah, that first season when they had like the full members' side was full of people and the other side was full of people. Both, you know, both ends were open and could have people in them. I don't know about 30. They had some solid crowds there that year. Yeah, I thought they were getting around like sort of 32s and shit, but yeah, maybe mm. maybe I'm remembering it wrong. But I mean, they, they, there would be the room for that that many people in there, wouldn't there? I don't know what the capacity is. Yeah, neither. Mm. But but whatever. But the 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 ultimate point is though, it's still you know barely still you know, like less half, than fifty two and a half thousand. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Suncorp, it. you know, for big events like that, they they pack fifty five in, don't they? They wheel in more, wheel in seats into the aisles and shit or whatever. I don't know how they do it, but they always sell out. They sell out like an original. They'll sell out and they'll mm. go, oh yeah, we've got extra <laughs> limited visibility seating. <laughs> you got to you yeah, got to fucking okay. stand stand with your back against the pole or something. Yeah. Um, you can now watch the game from the shitter if you pay two hundred yeah. bucks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Dan Dan asked a question about the Sticky documentary. Did you fellas watch it? I didn't watch it yet. No, I haven't watched it. I didn't watch it. I was so disappointed when I flicked open KO on Monday night. I was waiting for the next installment of Tiger Town. And uh, I, was, I was frothing for it. And it wasn't there. And I was just like, oh, fuck, did it get cancelled already? But no. Is it in decline already? Well, I mean, it's it's only well, it's only going to incline because, I mean, I know I know that the se- they're still filming. It's still going. Jesus, they're going to cover the whole season, and and uh, I, I was re- was reliably told that the the the, the pictures of the storylines where they were either going to make the finals after so long and it'd be a fucking glorious sort of you know thing, or you'll see like you know like a Pasco or a Maguire get fired. <laughs> yeah, that could be the thing that happens. So they're going to do the whole season. So like this, the show's never going to decline for me because I know I've got two fucking manly floggings. To look forward to on upcoming episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going to be great. Um, our biggest. So did Magic Round really happen? Or was it just a lockdown hallucination? Yeah, that's that, it, hey. That fucking weekend seems like such a long time away. Long time mm. ago, hey? Mm. Sure does. I'll tell you. Life has taken a fucking massively different turn for a lot of people since that fucking weekend, myself mm. included. It's crazy. Um, it was a good time. 
I'm pretty sure it did happen. I'm pretty sure it really happened. Um, and finally, we've got a rant of some sorts here from uh, MVC winner, uh, Aaron. He said, uh, is NRL, and this is this seems you know, something like something that you're going to love to tee off on, stepdad. Is NRL journalism at an all-time low? Journalism in quotes, I should have said. The pricks are now just making shit up and reporting it as fact. A couple of weeks ago, Canberra contacted the Tigers, sussing out Luke Brooks. Tigers didn't really want to let him go. Jay's mate says, sure, we'll take Whiten off your hands. They said it was not a straight swap. He said, I hear you. You're looking to get rid of Hodgson. I'll tell you what, throwing Hodgson will give you umbai. No, thanks. <laughs> okay, cool. Hooper reports the Tigers are shopping Brooks around and want two players for him. Last weekend, Finucane signed with the Sharks on a four-year deal. It was reported that they had to sign him for four years to match the Tigers' offer of $2.8 million over four years. Then it comes out we offered him a two-year deal with a third in our favour. This week, the alcoholic buzz decides that his mate Shane Flanagan should coach the Tigers. Then Fox Sports mentions Madge is under pressure as the Tigers are linked with Flanagan. The next day, Hooper writes an article about how bad the Tigers are for thinking about bringing in Flanagan. Um, they aren't. I don't click the links and read the articles, but this is what they want. But my God, they're at an all-time low. Yes, yeah. they are, yeah. um, is, is the fucking short answer. But it's not only NRL journalism. Can, can I just can I say just interject one thing really quick? Yes. I also was talking to someone um, earlier in the week or late last week, and um, st- statistically speaking, articles about the Tigers, whether positive or negative, get more clicks than any other NRL clubs. <laughs> <laughs> and and that's a fact. Yeah. And uh, and that I think that that alone. Is the answer to everything you just said mm. in 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 your in your post? I also remember um, the tiger. I attended a Tigers uh, members function when Grant Mayer was still the CEO. Um, he was a great and, guy, Grant. Oh yeah, I I didn't have an issue. With I loved him. him when he was a manly. Yeah, it's um, he made an interesting point at the time. Um where he, he said there's a lot of, you know, even, even back then, he said there's a lot of speculation going around about the Tigers and what we do, um, you know, changes in the playing group and, um, you know, in the coaching staff and all the rest of it. And he said we've also got um, in, in Benji and Robbie at the time, we, we've got two very high-profile, quite outspoken um, star players. And he said the, the bottom line is, though, that, whether people want to admit it or not, the West Tigers sell papers. People people yeah, do want to hear about it and do want to read about what they perceive the the bad time or the tough times that the club's having or um and he said the the challenge for us as a club as a club is to try and control some of the narrative so that what is being pitched by the media is heading towards some sort of positive positive light for the club. He said that's often hard to do, especially if you're not having sustained success on the field. But um, so it sort of speaks to your point about clicks and stats and things like that. Yeah, well, it, it's impossible to do if you're not having sus- sustained success on the field. Mm. You know, what What articles do you see written about the Roosters? Yeah, exactly. You, you see articles about their their acquisition targets. Mm. about players they're trying to, to get to go to them. Um, 
you don't see about the unhappiness in there. You know, it, it's it's fucking simple um, journalism, whereas it it was a a service where people would pay a certain amount of money um, to to receive news, and then the people that that provided that journalism were, were paid their money to to go and provide interesting you know, commentary or, or to investigate in, in some instances. And it then slowly but surely switched into an industry which was paid for by advertising. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, like with television, you accepted that when you turned on free-to-air TV, the deal was you got TV for free, but every 10 minutes you would have to watch, you know, whatever it was, two minutes of ads. You, you just accepted that deal. Stuff came along digitally and now people don't tend to pay for content anymore. So all of the money has to be generated by advertising. And the only way they can get paid is by making people click on their articles. So news and journalism is no longer people who have a passion for, for providing truth. And I'm not saying those people don't exist in the industry. I'm sure they do. You know, there, there are people out there who, who want to do it for the right reasons. Um, but the business is just controlled by clicks. And that's what markets do. They correct themselves. If you have journalist A, who's full of integrity, takes a long time to source his material, gets a decent story together with a premise that's interesting, um, that, that has a little bit of information people might not have known, um, is referenced by sources. And then you have journalist B who makes shit up and gives it an inflammatory headline and he gets more clicks. Guess who keeps their job? Sad reality. It, you know, we're, we're, look, whether it's happy or sad, it, it's reality. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think any any industry or any any walk of life where you, you have to you know where the the integrity or um you know the the purity of of any profession um is sacrificed is, Look, I, um, is pretty sad. I, I have massive fucking problems day to day. Um, you know, in in finance in the industry that I work my nine to five in. Um, shit's fucking predatory mm. you know and, and one thing that, that I have an issue with is people doing the wrong thing knowing it's the wrong thing and justifying it with bullshit yeah and that's exactly what journalism is now you know for the most part it's it's people who are trying to get you to click on something with half truths and clickbait and they're no one's being held to account. I'm sure I fucking mentioned this before. Um, there's a, there's a wonderful series called Freakonomics where they spoke about there was one uh, fuck would have been an Eastern European country, uh, but witches were still a massive part of their society, and people would go and they would pay money to these ladies for these ladies to give them predictions on their life. Uh, the, a government passed a law to essentially say that you could be held responsible if your shit didn't come true. 
I would fucking love, fucking love for somebody to actually tally up the amount of predictions that these dumb cunts have made and how many of them have actually come off and look at the accuracy of what they're writing. How much of what you've written is accurate three months later? I've had journalists on social media say to me, it's better to be first than right. That tells me everything I need to know about it. So yes, I agree. It's an all-time low. Fuck journalism as a staff record label and as a motherfucking crew. Boom. That is full time for episode 420. Thanks for listening, everyone. As always, you can interact with us in a multitude of ways. You can find them all at thisweekinleague.com forward slash links. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, uh, make sure you drop us a rating or review on uh, Apple Podcasts, tell a friend, or consider becoming a patron at uh, patreon.com forward slash twillnation. Um, and that's all I've got. It's a bumper episode, motherfuckers. The opposite of an express episode. This is like an episode like they used to be before we did two episodes a week. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, enjoy yourselves. You're welcome. And, uh, and do you have anything else to say, fellas? You going to the Panthers again, stepdad? Um, depending on how much actual work I get done this weekend, I would love yeah. to. Much, much to my financial detriment, I've mm. made myself the I've made myself the, uh, the 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 internal pact to say that honestly, I can't see myself moving to Sydney anytime soon. So this time is a golden time in history for which there probably will not be any other, and so. Uh, I will be going to all the games uh, no matter fucking what. I'll tell you what I'm up for, though. I'm up for yeah. coming if you want to try and sneak into Dolphin Stadium somehow. Oh, I've got, I got, I got tickets for that shit. I don't need to sneak anywhere. Ah, you're no fun anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you. I wonder if you could sneak in there. I mean, like, I, I think they've, they've put a whole other stand. Like, last time I was in there, they had that one, that one brand new stand on the western side. But I think they've got seating on that. Then it was like sort of grass on one end and grass on the you know one long side and the other short side. There was nothing because it's sort of the veranda of the Leagues Club sort of backs butts right up to the to that side of the field. Um, I think they've got like another like down the other long side. I think they've got seating in there now, like a yeah, stand. Okay. Nice. But uh, yeah, I haven't been there, so it's probably about so three or four years since I was there. I think. Mm. Um, but yeah, looking forward to it, and. Uh, Hopefully, see. Hopefully, if the if the sunny coast is jacking up the prices, hopefully we see a few more games down the road there. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah! Because um, I'll go. I'll go and watch any fucking any team. I mean, it's pro- like tickets for like you know the the general admission sort of like you know outer sort of situation. Yeah. I mean, they're you know they're like twenty bucks, like nineteen bucks or something. Yeah, fuck yeah! Like it's fucking awesome. Um, I went a bit better than that, but um for this one, but um, but yeah, nice. Looking forward to it. Yeah, fellas. Okay. A pleasure as always, and we'll talk Later. to you on Sunday. See ya. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. 
seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.